Good morning. Good morning. Can you all hear me in the back? Is it loud enough? Yeah? Okay. It's a funny question, because if you couldn't hear me, how would you know? <laughs> all right. Good morning. My name is Ashley Sharp. I'll be teaching class this morning. We're going to do about an hour or so of yoga. I thought we'd twist and shout this morning, some twisting yoga, and then um, we'll do about a half hour of meditation, and then I have a talk for us, talk and discussion to close up the class. There's no formal break during the class, so if you need to use the restroom, um, please feel free to use the restroom um, at any point, except for maybe during the meditation, but generally at any point, except for during the meditation, it's fine. Just take care of your body's needs. Um, who's new? I have a whole bunch of new people today. Welcome. Welcome to everybody, but a special welcome to the new people. And everybody, if you could turn, well, you all probably all know each other, but turn to your neighbor and say hello, introduce, or reintroduce yourself. Any last words? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, just take a moment before we get started. I think we must have done this last week, but um, actually look around the room. So turn around. You can see the exits back there. And um, there's also exits up here on your left in the front and then all the windows. And you might look up a little bit. Just sort of orient yourself to the space. You can see who's around you. Actually friendly people came to do yoga today a little bit. Okay, and then take your hands and give your shoulders a squeeze. Like, oh yeah, here you are. I don't necessarily mean this to be like a California New Age hug kind of thing. It could be if you're feeling it, but I really am I'm interested in the contact, the actual squeeze. And then just make your way down your arms, squeezing your arms. So pretty firm touch. And then when you get to the wrist, um, take, do, do just one wrist at a time. You know, squeeze the wrist. And make sure you do the other wrist. Good morning. All right, and then shake out the hands, and you'll curl the fingers in and turn the wrists. Is it stiff, a little stiff? It's okay? All right, take both arms up, big reach. Woo, and then you could yawn, or you could do a side to side, just as your body with like, and then the hands will come down, and a big breath in and out. And now give me some slow motion big bites, like a big slow motion 
jaw movement kind of bites. Do two more. Uh And then you might finish with the teeth showing. (laughs) Okay. And then let your eyes close. Let your mouth relax. And have a sense of the weight of the body um, pouring down into your hips, into your bum. You might even shift the back of your shoulder blades back a little bit, back of the skull back a little bit. Uh, And then melt your shoulders. Relax your belly. Relax your hands. So may this practice serve you this morning. May it serve you so that when you leave, there's a little more resiliency, a little more capacity. And may this practice serve you so that when you leave, there's the possibility of offering wisdom and compassion to uh, the world, to those around you. So we are all embedded in a greater community. And just acknowledging that how we are in the world impacts that community. So may this practice serve you so that you may in some way serve others. Wisdom and compassion. Take a full breath. Relax your legs. Bring your hands to Namaste. And we'll chant Om three times. I'm interested in this Om as a long, long exhale. So this long, long exhale will vibrate you. And you might feel the vibration in your chest or your uh, sinuses or your throat. I'm not sure. So just check and see where you sense the vibration. And we're going to go wild today. We're going to chant Om three times. I know. Yeah. All right. So big breath in. So the next one will be lower. And also don't forget to notice the vibrations. Let's inhale. And tuck your chin and bring your hands, um, just as they are, palms touching, hands up to the forehead. Here we have a gesture of reverence. So uh, a, a sense of bowing or reverence as we enter our practice. And to remember that it is called a practice. It's not called a perfect. We enter in the practice of yoga and meditation, of awakening. Take a big breath in and out. All right, and then arms up. Hallelujah. It is Thursday morning, and we're going to, it's a big yoga party today. Let's do a little shimmy. All right, and then come on down, and let's twist to the right. Uh-huh. Now, 
with your head turned to the right into the twist. So keep your chin to the right, let your eyeballs peek left. So chin right, eyes left. Good. Come back to the center. Before you do the other side, take a breath in and out. As you exhale, relax your shoulders. And then we'll twist in the other direction. So twisting to the left. Mm -hmm. And now as you twist to the left, your chin will stay to the left, but let your eyeballs peek a little bit to the right. Don't let those eyes move. They're going to want to move probably. Just keep those eyes steady. Good. Come back to the center. And take a big breath in and out. Now, let's keep the hands on the thighs. However you're sitting, your hands can be on your thighs. We're just going to twist and let the hands move a little bit. So if you twist right, right hand comes towards you. Left hand goes away from you. And inhale, center. And exhale, left hand comes towards you, right hand comes away. And inhale, center. Okay, so again, each side, let your hands shift. And you might not twist as far. Let's come back to center. And that's just fine. One more. And head center, twist center. Now I'm going to make it fancy. This part is going to make you smarter. Money back guarantee. You're going to twist right and head left. And then come back to center. Uh Uh-huh. Twist left, head right. It's hard, right? Okay, come back to center. Nobody said it had to be graceful. Let's try again. Twist right, head left. And center. Twist left, head right. Do you feel smarter? No. Okay, it's the opposite. Come back to center. If you have glasses, take them off and put put them somewhere safe, like on your lap or just right next to you. And you'll take your hands over the palm, palms of the hands over the eyes. Let your head turn down a little bit. And uh, take a breath once you get here. Your, your eyes will be closed and your face turns down and the heel of the hands on the cheekbones. So the eye, eyes can be closed under the palm and there's maybe a sense of darkness there. Okay. And then the head can come up, the hands can come down. Your choice with the glasses, but you'll keep your nose forward and look up. These are for Molly. We're going to do some eye exercises for Molly. So nose forward, eyes up, and then keep the nose forward, eyes right. Don't move your face, just the eyeballs look down. And then left. And then up. So the face isn't moving. Look left. Eyeballs look down. And then right, and then up. And I'd like you to do another circle in each direction at your own pace. Don't go too fast. See if you can make it smooth. My eyes don't go smooth at all, but maybe yours would. would. So one in each direction, and when you've finished, you'll again close your eyes and take the palms of the hands over the eyes. Their eyes uh, often hold a lot of tension from all the looking. Here, just a pause. 
big breath. Relax your jaw. Okay, let your head come up, and you can put your glasses back on if you had them. And let's try this one. You just flop the hands up and down. This is for your wrists a little bit. Uh, let them actually kind of flop. Uh, and then try side to side. Uh-oh. Some of you know what's coming. Right hand up and down, left hand side to side. <laughs> okay. Left hand up and down, right hand side to side. I thought I was going to sneeze, but it didn't happen. I ruined it. All right. Interlace those fingers. Turn the palms forward. Round your back backwards. Ooh, notice if this feels nice. If there's a tender or stiff, stiff spot, you could lean into that. You might shift a little bit side to side. And then come on up to up with the arms up. And exhale, cactus elbows. Big breath in here. And exhale, let those arms come down. Now, this time, shoulders come up. Big breath in. Breathe out the mouth. Okay. Good job. Let's come all the way up to standing. Okay. And then have your feet on the ground. I guess that's the definition of standing. Have your feet nice and wide with your knees soft. And we'll go into a twist where you just let the arms wrap and dangle. So very simple, simple yoga. So the opportunity is to do what you're doing while you're doing it. That would be my definition of yoga and meditation, actually. Do what you're doing while you're doing it. So this kind attention, that's paying attention, moment to moment, to the aim of waking up, to the aim of seeing clearly the nature of things. Just a couple more of these. Let your arms really dangle and wrap. And then you'll come to a standing. The feet can stay wide, however they're comfortable. And we'll take a five-second pause, just standing up. Okay, inhale, arms sweep up. And then exhale, forward fold, down, down, down you go, all the way down. Let your arms hang down, let your head hang down. Now, if you have a tender lower back, brace your elbows on your knees so you're accommodating your body, or respecting your body, I should say. Take a big breath in and out here. So we breathe deeply to oxygenate the whole system. And then we'll come up to standing. So inhale, arms come around and up. And you'll end up looking up. Exhale, stay standing, arms come down. Inhale, both arms sweep up. And exhale, open the arms and forward fold. Down, down, down you go. Again, brace your elbows on your knees to respect the body if your back is tender. Everybody let the head hang, and you'll take a big breath. 
Let's come up to standing. Inhale, arms up. Stay standing. Exhale, arms down. Pour your weight down into your feet. Inhale, arms sweep up. Exhale, forward fold. Down, down. Down you go. Let your head drop. Let your head drop and take a breath. And just a note, I haven't mentioned this yet. Those of you that come all the time, you know this. But just to remind you and let everybody know that uh, this morning you're welcome to modify things, make things easier, make things harder, start your relaxation now. Just so that the yoga practice and the meditation practice is serving you this morning to your highest good. So you can change things if something feels too easy or too difficult, you're welcome to shift it around. All right, and then let's meet in downward dog. So the hands will plant at the top of the mat and the feet step to the back of the mat. And sometimes socks can be a little slippy at this point, so you might take them off, but again, that's up to you. And uh, the hips are nice and high. If you have tender wrists, you can do this on your elbows. So you accommodate your body, respect the body. And make sure the feet are hip-width apart. And um, let's exhale forward to plank pose, like you were going to do a yoga push-up. Yes. And then keep your hands and feet where they are and head back up into dog. And I'd like you to go back and forth with your breath. So exhale to plank and then inhale to dog. And if you need to make things a little easier for yourself as you come forward to plank, you can place your knees on the floor. And if you would like to make things a little more challenging as you come forward to plank, you could bend your elbows. So have courage to work within your body's capacity. And breathe and move a couple more times. And I think let's have our yoga party meet all the way down on the floor on your stomach. So you'll come all the way down. And then walk your hands and elbows forward so that you prop yourself up on your elbows. Sphinx pose. This is called sphinx pose. Yeah, hands are palms down. And then just take a moment here and notice if there's any tender spots in your back or Sometimes I actually even get a little belly stretch from doing this, so you can check it out for yourself. Uh And um, check and see if there's tension that's easy to release in the neck, kind of back behind the ears. Mm. Okay. And then let's shift the hands so the hands will be where the elbows are. So you'll bring the hands back, and the head and shoulders will stay up. Yeah, and then we've moved into a little bit of strengthening. There's an optional option. That's a redundant thing to say. But it is an optional option of letting the legs float up a little bit. You can see how that works for you. So this is strengthening here. Lots of breathing, whichever shape you're in. Uh One more breath. And then you're going to come down, and once you're down, keep your hands just where they are. Curl your toes under, firm up your legs, and I'm going to give for some of you a totally impossible instruction, but I'm going to give it anyway. 
Can you get to plank like a plank, not like a snake? Maybe you need to make the noise like, ooh, but you got to push down and see if you can get up like a plank, not like a snake. Kind of lead with your butt. It's impossible. Or just get up to plank like a snake. Just do what you got to do. Uh-huh. Take your gaze forward here. Lift your hips up even a little more for your lower back. Good. Gaze is forward. Hi, look how some of you are on your elbows if your wrists are tender. Everybody lift your hips up a little bit. Yeah, so it's like a high butt plank, which would be like a butte or something. Two more breaths. Mm-hmm. Unlock your elbows. And our yoga party will meet in downward dog. Uh-huh. Big breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Okay, let's walk the feet forwards and up to the hands. Uh Hands to the hips, and you'll come on up to standing. And once you're up to standing, arms down by your sides, and we'll take again a five-second pause. Melt your shoulders a little bit. And have a sense of the back base of the skull. You know that round spot back there, the occiput, the base of the skull, as if that were filled with helium floating back and up. Relax your thumbs. Good. And then we're going to turn to the rainy right side of the room and take your feet nice and wide. Today, we're going to start with all ten toes facing the long end of your mat and the arms out to the sides. Big breath in. Exhale, right hand in the direction of the left foot. And then inhale, come back up. Exhale, left hand in the direction of the opposite foot. And inhale, come on up. I'd like you to do this maybe two more sets. Exhaling will lead you down. And the inhale will lead you up. Be like a moving meditation. Combining breath and movement, so moving meditation. Soothe and smooth yourself with the breath. Okay, let's finish in the up. Hopefully it's symmetrical. If you need to do another side to be symmetrical, you can put your arms down. Take your time and do the other side if you need. Mm -hmm. And then take your arms up, hallelujah style. Turn your heels in two inches. A big breath in. Exhale, bend your knees, hands to namaste. Now, we're going to do a little alignment check for your knee health. Check and make sure your knees and toes are going in the same direction and that the ankle is under the knee. Okay, good. Let's inhale, straighten the legs, arms Exhale, bend the knee, hands, touch. Two more. Hallelujah. Lift your chest and bend the knees. One more, last one. Okay, now, when the knees are bent and your hands are at namaste, wave a relaxation through the shoulders. And then let the hands separate so it's almost namaste. Uh And then uh, release your elbows a little bit so you get a sense of space in your armpits. So you have space between your hands, space under your armpits. 
and pull your low belly in, tuck it in. And find your breath to help you hold the shape. So we hold steady. This is strengthening pose, healthy for the body. But it perhaps is feeling strong. If it's feeling strong, just acknowledge that with kindness. One more breath. Okay, now straighten the legs. Hallelujah, arms. Turn your toes forward and take your right hand down in the direction of the left foot and we're going to stay. Let's see. Go ahead and bring your top hand down onto your hip and let your head drop a little bit. Empty out on the exhale. Get a complete exhale. You're emptying out that air each time. Okay. Let's come back up to standing. And your left hand will come down. Your right hand will be back on your hips somewhere. Your head's dropping. And your nostril hairs are blowing in the yoga wind. Lots of deep breathing to support you as you stretch. Kind attention. Okay, let's come back on up and put just your arms down. Now, we're going to turn to the back of the room for pyramid pose. You have to adjust both your feet and you'll end up with your right foot forward and your left foot back. And um, it'll be helpful if you move your right foot a little bit to the right. So just scooch it over. And then just for a minute, pick up your back foot, turn the toes most of the way forward, and then put it down. Uh So your shoulders are facing backwards now. We've gone backwards. Arms out to the sides. And then hands will come behind you. I think most of you will grab a hold of your wrists or your elbows. Some of you will do reverse namaste. Not me today, but maybe you. Inhale, lift the chest. And then exhale, tip forward a bit. Mm -hmm. Now, let your front heel, your right heel be a little lighter. And your back heel is a little heavier. So um, you're pushing the weight into the front of the front foot to get a little leverage to push some weight into the heel of the back foot. Uh Big breath. One more breath. And then we'll come on up. You're going to release your hands. Bend your right knee and let your back leg float up off the floor. Arms can be out to the sides. Arms could also be up by your ears. Our hands to namaste. Reach beyond your back foot. One more breath. Okay, let's join your feet, and that would be on the mat. (laughs) And have your feet together. Mm -hmm. Big breath in. Exhale, bend the knees, arms sweep forward. 
Inhale, stand up, arms by your sides. That's your pattern. Do two or three more. Exhale, sweep the hips back and the arms forward. Inhale, standing up. Just like so, soothe and smooth. Moving meditation. And our yoga party is going to meet with those knees bent. Okay, I'm going to face the same as you. Knees bent, arms reach forward, and let's bring the hands to namaste. And we're going to twist to the right side of the room. So your left elbow or your left hand comes over to the right knee. So you twist, and you have the hand or the elbow over. If you, uh, you can have your right hand on your hip, or you can have your hands in namaste. Yeah. Lift your chest. Ah. Weight in your heels. What do you observe? This flow of experience. What do you observe? Let it be good enough. Because it's awesome that you came. Nice, healthy choice. Skillful. Okay, let's come on up to standing. Both arms up. Separate the feet as wide as the mat and forward fold. Down, down, down you go. Again, if your back is tender, brace your elbows on your knees. Let your head drop. Unlock your knees. Oh, check and make sure your feet are wide. Maybe as wide as the mats. Yeah. Just for your back. Uh huh. Notice. I didn't tell you what to notice. Just notice whatever it is that you notice. This is life. Yoga is happening right now. Take a big breath. And then hands to the hips, and you'll come on up to standing. And we'll turn and face this side of the room again. You'll take your feet nice and wide. Hmm. Inhale the arms out. And right hand to the left foot or in that direction. Inhale up. And opposite Inhale up. Let's see. This time, let your left toes turn a little bit out as you bring the hand down. Your top hand can be on your hip. We're going to stay. And if it seems useful, you might bend the right knee a little bit. But just check and see. Do you find the stretch with the leg straight more useful? Or the stretch with the leg bent, more useful. Let your body lead you. Our bodies will lead us if we just dared to listen. Okay, let's come back up. If you turn the toes out, turn them in. And your right toes out a little bit. And your left hand comes down. Your top hand can be on your hip. And then again, choose. Do you keep that... Right leg straight or bent. Let your body lead you. And if you're not sure what the body wants, just pick one. Lots of kind breathing. Okay, let's come back up. 
again. Let the hands come down. Now we're going to turn to the front of the room and you'll have your left foot forward. And we have pyramid pose. So it can be helpful if you shift the weight onto the left foot to um, let that back foot turn forward most of the way. Yeah. Good. Arms out to the sides. And hands will come behind you. You might get reverse namaste. You might get your forearms. You might get your elbows. Big breath in. Exhale, tip forward some amount. Find a shape where you can absorb the stretch. And same as last time, you push the weight to the front of the front foot and some other weight to the heel of the back foot. Almost like you're trying to stretch the mat between your feet. They're pushing like that. Okay, come on up. Release just your arms. You'll bend your left knee so you can lift that back leg off the floor. Arms can be out to the sides or above your head. Okay, stand on two feet. Get your feet as close together as your feet come. Big breath in. Exhale, bend the knees. Arms sweep forward, behind sweeps backwards. Inhale, stand up, arms by your sides, head and shoulders lift. That's your pattern. Two more. Sensitize your hands. Our yoga party will meet with those knees bent. Hands will come to namaste. Now we're going to twist over to the left, which is the same side of the room, but we've turned around. So twist to the left, and you'll have your right hand or your right elbow cross. And you might have your left hand on your hip or your hands at namaste. Lots of breathing. Uh Commit to the variation you've chosen. So there's integrity and wholeness in your yoga practice. Okay, let's come up to standing, both arms up. And forward fold, down, down, down you go. And you'll step back into downward facing dog. Three breaths. Each time you exhale, push your hands forward and down. And when you get to the end of the third exhale, you can come to some sort of resting shape. So for some of you, that will be child's pose. But for some of you, child's pose is not resting. So you could lie on your belly or lie on your back. You're going to just take a pause before we go any further. Just some sort of resting shape. And my question for you, and the answer can be no, 
But my question is, is there a possibility of being content or at ease, even if things aren't quite exactly perfect? And if the answer is no, then find a part of your body that feels okay and rest your mind there. But if the answer is yes, if there's some sense of ease or contentedness, see if you can absorb that. Take one more breath wherever you are. And we'll head up. Oh, let's come up to hands and knees, actually. We're not going to stay too long. And then if you have a tender knee, you can put the square cushion under your knee, right? That can be helpful. That floor is wooden and hard. And then um, you'll take your right foot forward between your hands. And uh, invite your hips forward. And bring the hands up to the front thigh. Okay. Bring your left arm up high. Two breaths. And see if you can sense that whole left side of the body. This is a poetic instruction, as if the left side were hollow and you could breathe through the left side. Okay, hands come down, and we'll switch legs somehow. Nobody said it had to be graceful. And then you invite your hips forward. And your hands will come up to your front thigh. And your right arm will lift up. Uh And then as if the whole right side, so the leg behind you and the arm up, were hollow and you could breathe through it. Okay, hands will come down. And you'll step the foot back. And let's head up into downward dog. You can leave the cushion. We're going to do another thing on our knees. But see if you can do downward dog around the cushion. Those hips high. Uh And shift forward to plank pose. And we're going to hold plank pose again. So if you have tender wrists, climb down on your elbows. And if it's too much strain for you, have your knees down. Do keep your hips slightly lifted so it's like a high butt plank. Yes. And your gaze forward. Okay. I'm going to keep giving you options until nobody can do it. Uh, Right leg lifts up. Okay. Keep the right leg up. Left arm forward. And then right leg up. Left leg up. Okay. All right. Head up into downward dog. Uh, Big breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, and then plank pose for the last one of the day. I don't know what you're going to do later. Uh, Maybe knees down if you need, and you can be on your elbows for your wrists. And then there's the optional option of the left leg coming up and the right arm 
going for lots of breathing. Okay, and then let's plop all the way down on the belly. Make a pile of your hands as a pillow for your forehead. Mm. How's the floor? So I wanted to talk about contentedness today. I'm going to talk about contentedness or at ease. And how we can cultivate contentedness even if things aren't exactly lined up as we had hoped. Or... And the question is, is it possible to be at ease even if things are slightly uncomfortable? And how do you do that? One of the ways is to notice when there's a sense of ease. Is there a sense of ease here? And if not, be honest. That's another quality we have in this tradition, truthfulness. So if there's not, there's not. But if there is, can you notice it? Like, let yourself absorb it. Okay, and then let's push back up onto the hands and knees. And again, if, those knee, if the cushion under the knee is helpful, it's worth the trouble to put it there. And this time, same thing, we'll step the right foot forward. And you'll bring your hands up to your front thigh. Mm-hmm. And also, the left arm goes up. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to add a twist. So big breath in. And then your left elbow comes across the right knee. And see about bringing your hands to namaste. Okay, so you might stay here. Some of you, this is an option, could curl the back toes under and lift the back knee up. I know. You just come back next week if it seems impossible. I told you I keep going until the, the instructions are impossible. Yeah. Do what you can. Don't do what you can't. Isn't that good instructions for life? Okay. Hands down to the floor. And you'll switch legs. One thing at a time. Don't be in a rush to get there. You have to hold it longer. Come on up. Maybe you want to hold it longer. Right arm comes up. Ooh, lift up the right arm. Maybe you get a little stretch through your low belly or the front of the thigh. And then we twist. So the elbow comes across. Maybe the hands come to namaste. Maybe the back toes curl under. Maybe not. You can come back next week. I'm planning to be here. Lots of breathing. And commit to the shape that you've chosen. Can you be at ease or okay with the shape that you've chosen? Even if it's a little uncomfortable. Okay. Back knee down if it came up. Hands down. Step back. Onto your knees. In fact, you can move the cushion and come all the way down on your belly. Mm -hmm. And this time you'll um, use your left forearm as a pillow for your forehead. 
And then you'll bend your right knee and pull the heel in with the right hand. If you can't reach your foot or if it bothers your knee, then you roll over onto your left side. Uh-huh. And you can um, pull the right heel in if you're on your side. For some of you who would like more sensation of stretch, you can uh, lift up your head and shoulders and prop yourself up on your left elbow. Molly, let's bring this knee forward so it's more fetal position. Yeah, that'll help with the balance. This knee is bothering you. Yeah. Does it still hurt if you do this? No. No, okay. Big breath. And another big breath. Okay, and then you'll let go of the leg and switch your arms. So start, even if you propped yourself up, start down low. Your forehead's down on the right arm. And you'll bend the back knee and pull the heel in. And again, if there's a knee issue here or if you can't reach your foot, then you roll on your side. And then some of you did want to prop yourself up on the right elbow you find a, a stretch. I always feel like yoga's like uh, Goldilocks and the three bears. You want your porridge to be not too hot and not too cold. Let's have you come on the oxygenate the whole system okay and let's release the leg I had this idea that we're going to try Dhanurasana and just to note that not all of the yoga poses are appropriate for everybody's body you know your body is the sacred thing the yoga pose is just a pose is that a good caveat before we even do the pose All right. so tuck your chin get your forehead down And uh, bend your knees. See if you can reach your ankles. If you can't reach your ankles, then your hands are reaching back as if you could reach your ankles. So you either have your ankles or your hands are as if you could have your ankles. Uh And then if you have your ankles, you'll kick the legs back and that will draw your head and shoulders up. And if you don't have your ankles, then you lift up. You have to use your muscle strength through the head and shoulders. Yes, that's it. Lots of breathing, lots and lots of breathing. Molly, let's have you do just both legs straight, just both legs straight, yeah. So you're still working on strengthening here, perfect. Uh, One more breath. Okay, come on down, and then a flip over. Keep your head to the front of the room, your feet to the back of the room, And you'll flip over on your back, and we'll take a 20-second pause. So find a way to be comfortable.
Okay. If you haven't done this already, bend your knees and place your feet on the floor. And then you'll take your right ankle on the left knee and hug your left thigh in. So maybe you hug this thigh in, so the foot comes off the floor and this hand comes between the legs. Yeah, it's like twister for grown-ups. Is that okay on your knees? Everybody's okay on the knees. How's the floor feel under your back? Uh, Mark, let your head go back and I'll give you a pillow. Yes, come back. Yeah, that's better. Oh, B also, let your head let your head go back down. Yeah. Okay, big breath. Okay, now you'll place both feet on the floor. And you'll switch sides. You'll hug the right thigh in. Mm. Let the outer corners of the eyes relax. So there's a yoga teaching around contentedness. The yoga teaching is that... um, Through the practice of contentedness, you get to be content. (laughs) With the practice of contentedness comes, um, and the language is supreme happiness. Now, it wasn't like, you know, when this teaching arose that times were better and People had better opportunity to be content. It was the human condition, right? With its 10,000 sorrows and 10,000 joys. With its pleasure and its pain, its gain and its loss. And the instruction was to practice. It's not a perfect, but to practice contentedness or at ease or peacefulness. Let's place both feet on the floor. Uh And then if I gave you a pillow, you can remove the pillow, and the hands will be down by your sides, and you'll lift your hips up into bridge pose. So hips will come up, Uh outer shoulders tuck under. Have a sense of reaching your hips in the direction of your knees and standing on your feet. And I'm going to give you a task, and your task is to breathe three times and then come down. So breathe three breaths, know that you've done three breaths, and then come down. Don't shortchange the exhale. Let's open the knees. Once you're down, take your time if you're still doing your three breaths. But once you're down, open the knees. Bottoms of the feet touch. And relax the lower belly so the movements of the breath can gently touch the lower belly. Movements of the breath 
can touch the lower belly. Okay. And then knees back up towards the ceiling, bottoms of the feet on the floor. Hands behind your head. Lift up your head and shoulders. So the hands are supporting the head, the skull. Elbows are wide and the head and shoulders come up. You'll keep the head and shoulders up. In particular, keep the back of the shoulders up and turn your nose more towards the ceiling so you're not yanking on your neck. Yes. Let your head rest a little bit in your hands. Head and shoulders are staying up. Navel is coming towards the spine, towards the floor. And this little teeny movement of pulling the knees towards each other. It's very little. Good. One more breath. And then down you come. Uh-huh. Deliberate wave of relaxation through the neck and shoulders. And we, we are going to do that again. And some of you, if you would like extra challenge, can lift the knees and feet off the floor. So the shins are parallel to the floor, or you can keep your feet on the floor. So if your legs have come up, have your shins parallel and your toes spread. And if your feet are on the floor, your feet are on the floor. And let's everybody lift up the head and shoulders. Mm-hmm. So the back of the shoulders are up as high as you can, but the back of the head's also a little bit resting into your hands. It's going to be impossible to rest it completely. Uh-huh. Navel towards spine. And uh, knees shift a little bit towards each other. One more breath. And then down you come, if you hadn't already, wave of relaxation. Mm. Relax your jaw. Okay. And then uh, last thing, last abominable, uh, I'm sorry, abdominal, I can't even say it anymore, abdominal. Your feet will either be on the floor or off the floor like we just did. So get your legs set up. And then the hands are behind the head and you lift up the head and shoulders. So if your feet are off the floor, you'll extend the right leg towards the back of the room. Everybody, let's move the right shoulder in the direction of the left knee. So normally you might hear right, or you might even think right elbow coming across, but Think shoulder wrapping across and let your head, don't yank on your head too much. Head relaxes a little bit. Good. Back to center and extend your left leg if you're extending the leg and left shoulder, whether your feet are on the floor or not. Yes. And we're holding. It's a long hold. Yes. If you're shaking, that's good. It means you're building strength right in this actual moment. It's happening. And back to neutral and everybody head down. Maybe feet down too if they came off. And let your knees sway side to side like little windshield wipers. And do this slow enough that you might be able to sense or feel the weight rolling across the back of the hips. And um, 
Let's pull the knees into the chest. And you'll come into happy baby pose. So the bottoms of the feet show up to the ceiling. Knees are bent. You might grab your feet, ankles, or knees. You're inviting your knees. You're inviting your knees to the floor behind your armpit. Your knees are going to decline. You're inviting the knees towards in the direction of the floor behind your armpits. Uh Let the belly receive the breath. The tongue relax. Okay. And then um, let's stretch out for our final relaxation. So for some of you, lying flat is uncomfortable. You can put pillows or blankets under your knees, under your head. And your body temperature will drop, so you might need to put your shirt or your socks on. And then just making any last-minute adjustments so that you're as comfortable as possible. If you could be like a 5 or 10% more comfortable, you could make that small little adjustment here. And then you'll make no efforts... even if you're not as relaxed as you had hoped. You'll make no effort. Unstick your brain from the inside of your skull. Relax the jaw. Relax somehow even the teeth. 
Relax the bone, the upper teeth insert into. The roof of the mouth. The nasal passage.
If you're feeling peaceful, you might not be, but if you are, if you're feeling at ease or some sense of contentedness, let yourself savor that. And if you're not, find some part of your body that feels okay and rest your mind there. Let's take a deep breath. And you'll bend your knees one at a time and place your feet on the floor. You'll roll to your right side. You might linger on your right side for a minute. And then you'll make your way up to a seated position. You should turn and face the front of the room. Uh, And uh, some of you, we're going to shift into meditation now. Some of you will stay on the floor and some of you will grab a chair. So if there's not an open chair on the back row, you can grab. There's a whole stack over in the back of the room. So you'll find a way to sit that's comfortable. And you can mostly just leave your stuff so there's not too much rigmarole. You'll find a way to sit. There's plenty of chairs if you'd like to have a chair. And then, if you're just coming in, you're welcome to come and find a seat, if you want to have a seat. We're going to do a pranayama. If you are not inclined to do the pranayama, the breathing exercise, then you don't have to do it. I offer it as an exercise to help continue to settle and clarify the mind. Um, And it's called bee breath. We've been working with it recently, like a bumblebee breath. Um, And it is with a sound that mm, you'll be humming. And in the same way as when we chanted, there's a vibration. So when we hum, there's a vibration. And um, as you do it, you'll take your 
index finger and close, not the lobe, like the where you, if you had your ears pierced, that part, you, you don't close that part. But the little flap of cartilage, you close it. And so you're not going to be able to heal very, hear very well. Um, and so at the end, I'll ring the bell quite loud. And so you'll hear. So the practice is to close the ears and then hum. And when you run out of breath, you hum again. It's not about being on tune. It's about letting that vibration. You know how like vib- sound can kind of like vibrate you, like let it vibrate you. Okay, is, that, is it clear that I make sense? Any questions about it? We got it? All right, okay. Let's uh, lift up through the spine. So you'll hum, and when you're done hum, when it's time to stop, I'll ring the bell quite loud, and you can just let your hum naturally end at that point. And you'll close your ears, and you'll inhale. And then letting your hands come down, letting your hands come down. You might notice sounds inside and outside the room. That's fine.
looking for today a sense of okayness, even if things aren't exactly okay, if that makes any sense. Let your attention be kind, accepting. Relax a little bit. There's space. The attention is kind. You can relax a little.
you can notice internal, your internal flow of experience. You can also notice mindfulness externally. The sense of space or quiet in the room or all the little noises. There's internal awareness and external awareness. So internally there might be the breath.
The attention is kind and accepting. Relaxed with your breath. the sounds.
I found the rain sounds pleasant. We should order them up every week for us. (laughs) So last week I talked about um, mindfulness internally and externally. And I think generally when we practice mindfulness, we're tracking our internal experience. When we sit down to meditate, tracking the breath. But also we can pay attention externally. We can be present to what's going on around us, like the sounds of the rain. Right? So external, internal. I'll keep talking about it. We'll see how it clears up. So next we're going to reform the room because we're going to have a talk and discussion and y'all are spread very far back and away. So you'll roll up your mat, and um, if you want to stay on the floor, you'll bring your cushions forward, and we'll make a kind of semicircle up here with the cushions, and then the chairs, if you want to sit in a chair, the chairs will make a second row, sort of semicircle chair row.
So, at this point in the class, we uh, share names so that we can actually learn each other's names if you come regularly. It's, I think it helps. It's helping me to learn everybody's names. Um, so, it goes like this. Ashley. It's very simple. Let's see. Those of you on the floor, there's like this clump here. Maybe you could come forward a little bit. I did um, I did shower this morning. <laughs> little clump. Yeah. Here. Let's move him. Thanks to you. And then, okay. Yeah, I think Thelma. we. Thelma. Mark. Anne. Maya. Maya. Janice. Janice. Ula. Ula. Kelly. Valerie. Valerie. Natalie. Natalie. Mary. Erica. Robin. Derek. Lori. Susan. Kurt. Jeff. Jeff. April. April. Nellie. Nellie. Jasmine. Jasmine. Jennifer. Jennifer. Kathy. Kathy. Kat. Spencer. Mandy. Jessica. Anna, Beatrice, Jesse, welcome everyone. So I have a topic for us today, and I always, when this topic comes, I'm always like, oh, like the task is upon me to explain this in a nuanced way. And our topic is renunciation. Um, and I feel like it's not necessarily a very popular topic. Maybe it's my projecting onto it. Maybe you all are like, yes, renunciation. <laughs> um, sometimes I talk about it like letting go, letting go. Now, here's the thing. It's not about the things. Like, it's not about, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you you need to let go of your bank account and you need to let go of all pleasurable things in this life. That's not... This is what I mean by the nuance. It's very easy for us to get caught in like, oh, I need to let go of this, this, and this, and this. But actually, it's letting go of our clinging to those things. So, I have a bank account. Like all of you, I would assume. We have, you know, we get work and then we have money. And um, so say... I mean, this is a kind of silly example, but I just, just to give the example, say I get a parking ticket and I get 
oh, I have a better example than a parking ticket. Um, I got a, a tattoo on Saturday, and it took uh, three hours. It took much longer than I thought it was going to take. And then it turns out that um, I should have clarified ahead of time how much the tattoo artist cost, which was twice as much per hour as I thought. So the bill, I wasn't expecting a three-hour tattoo, nor was I expecting the bill was double what, it, what I had been thinking as I was sitting, lying there. Anyway, and, I, and so that was a lot of money, right? And, uh, you know, money aside, right, there's that sense, of, like, in your stomach of, like, oh, no, you know, that dreading sense, oh, no. And then I realized, like, oh, like, I can let go. Like, she's a lovely woman who did the artwork, and it is actually, like, artwork, I'm not going to show you, though. (laughs) Next week when it's more healed. It's on my back. Um, So it's not about, like, like the money. It's about the clinging. It's that, that, like, that feeling. Do you know that feeling of, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God? Right? And... And it, it's, it's about that feeling. So same with the, if you get a ticket, like we can get really upset about it or we can just let it go. And the upset about it actually is the clinging to it shouldn't happen or I shouldn't have done this or it should be different. I even um, preface the story like I should have checked with the tattoo artist, right? Like all these things, like this clinging, like it should have been different and we're holding on And actually, um, renunciation is about an open-heartedness, right? A letting go of the clinging to the thing. I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. We'll see. So um, uh, we're going through a series of 10 topics. This is the third one. And this third one is renunciation, letting go. And all of these are um, in a list called the parmes, which parmes are considered to be powers. So renunciation are letting go as a power in your life. It's something that can support you towards happiness and ease. And that it is developed on the path of practice. These qualities are developed as we mature. Um, and I think of maturity as in a good way. So it's considered to be a power, our spiritual maturity. And the word itself, the Pali word, so the textual word, the ancient word, is from a language called Pali, um, and it's related to Sanskrit, but a little different. Um, and the word is nikama, nikama. And the word, apparently, I don't speak Pali or read Pali, but I've been told that the emphasis, like we get the word translated as renunciation, but the emphasis is that you're getting something. Like we think about it, if you let go of something, you always get something. So in my story about the like feeling tight around all the money that flew out of my bank account on Saturday, when I let go of that, what did I get? I got a sense of ease and spaciousness. I was going to pay her. I wasn't going to not pay her. And I had a choice. On some level, there was a choice around the ease in the heart. And so renunciation, sometimes when I give this topic and then I give, uh, if I'm teaching it in a yoga setting, I'll give a little homework and people come back and say, oh, I gave up sugar and I gave up all these things and that's great, but it's about the freedom in the heart. It's not about the thing. 
And so um, every year I give up sugar, actually, speaking of giving up sugar. I give up sugar for three months, and um, next Tuesday is my last day of the giving up sugar. And some years, some years I can, like, really obsess on, like, oh, I want to have sugar. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I could have honey instead. And I think about sugar every day. And then sometimes I, oop, fall off the wagon and have a little sugar. And then it turns into a whole story about how I can't do what I say I'm going to do. This whole thing. And then other times I just give up sugar and I don't think about it. And the heart is free around it. So it's not a clinging to the thing. So we can give up something and still be clinging to it quite tightly. So it's a letting go of that clinging to the thing. This is a tall order. So I was thinking about this last night when I was meditating it's like, oh, how do, how do we do this? How do we actually do it? Because when the heart's contracted, do you know that feeling? Like for me, it's actually like a feeling in my stomach. And it's like, even like, see how my shoulders are going up? It's like, oh, God, right? Like what do we do when we're in that state of holding on? And um, the instruction is to actually feel the discomfort of it. To feel the, to use a Buddhist word, the suffering or the dukkha of it. And this takes great courage, doesn't it? It takes great courage. So when we're asked to let go, sometimes I'm talking about really, in some ways, easy things like money and sugar. But there's like, when we lose someone we love, right? And how do we get through? We, we have to feel the hurt. And that allows us to move through. And that is a tall order. That, is, that, is, that takes courage, right? It takes community. Like we have our families around us. It takes courage to actually feel the suffering of the holding on. And then the heart can let go, this process. And it's not uh, a linear. So I have a, little, I, have, I have a little story that I tell myself about not being a good enough teacher. And you don't have to come give me compliments after. It's, it's, right? it's just a story that I tell myself about it. And um, it's an ongoing story. It comes and goes. Don't we all have these things, right, that come? They, like, visit us. They're like an old friend, like this old friend story. And I know, I know that it doesn't serve me, actually, this story. It doesn't actually serve me. And so what do I do when it comes? I actually have to be willing to feel the pain of that story, feel the smallness of it, because then it can flow through, and it shifts. And you know what? It does shift every time. The acknowledgement of the pain This is the first noble truth. The acknowledgement of the pain allows us to let go. Whereas if I tell myself, oh, I should let go of that story, like this sort of like intellectual head down approach, like it doesn't, it doesn't happen. It's like this story, there are all these um, traditional stories about uh, how if you put um, in an empty coconut shell, like an empty dry coconut shell, you put a little piece of banana, and the monkey will put the hand in and grab the ma- banana, and so with the fist, it can't get out of the coconut shell. And it's like that sometimes when we're holding on to something, isn't it? Isn't it like that? Like you just can't let go of the little banana to get your hand out to get free, to have that freedom in the heart. And so the way out is not an intellectual, you should be feeling better by now, or you shouldn't have this story anymore. It's to actually feel, to feel the dukkha of it. And then the heart will just open. You have to try it for yourself. Don't just believe me. But um, 
the heart will open and it'll shift. It'll shift. Because the heart doesn't want to hold on to pain, right? It'll just shift. Okay, so we're always letting go for peace and freedom. So we're letting go for ease in the heart. Um, And this is actually a very powerful practice. It's moving against the assumption of happiness through gain. This is all around us. We're, We're like in a soup all the time. We're in this soup where we're being told that we're going to be happier if we get more. And whether it's get more um, material stuff or get more, um, more like personality-wise or more therapy or more, right? It's like we're being told all the time it's in our commercials, it's in our media, it's in our, our society, our culture, but it's actually not true. There's, um, the reality is that there's like a level, I think they studied this, right? The scientists studied this, that after making a certain amount of money per year, so once your basic needs are met, like we don't get more happy, actually, by getting more and more stuff. We think we're going to get happy. Like I think to myself, oh, if I could just get that really nice house, I'm going to be so happy. And then others of us, like if we could just get that really nice partner or whatever it is, we think we have all these assumptions that we're going to be happy. And yes, you might get that thing and the happiness might come. I got a really nice car and it did bring me some like little bit of happiness. But it's not like it's not actually that satisfying It's not that deep kind of freedom and ease in the heart that doesn't need the world to line up the way I want it to be in order to be happy. And this is powerful because, here's the thing, is there anybody here who's been able to get the world to line up how they want it to be for more than five minutes? (laughs) Right? Like, life isn't like that. Like, we're being called upon all of the time to deal with the 10,000 sorrows and the 10,000 joys. We're being called upon all the time to, um, to be centered, to be free in the midst of what's called the eight worldly winds. Have you heard of these winds, the eight worldly winds? I love this teaching. It's like a wind, a wind picked up a few minutes ago, right? Like the wind picks up, it comes through. Sometimes the wind is a gentle breeze and it's so delightful. And sometimes the wind is biting and cold and seems like it won't stop. And this is like what happens in our life. Like sometimes we get a biting wind of gain or loss, our pain, our pleasure, our fame, our obscurity, right? Like these winds come through. And this teaching is pointing us to a kind of ease and contentedness that's not dependent on the outer circumstance that there's a sense of okayness in, within the midst of the whole thing. So I was thinking about and trying to f- see how it feels, that sense of ease or contentedness um, in the midst of it all. Like, what does that feel like? And this is actually a question for you all. Like, for me, it actually feels like... Uh, um, Like, I sit up a little taller. And it doesn't mean that things are going hunky-dory all the time, but there's a sense of resiliency or a sense of okayness or a sense of, um, in my mind, I always frame it as like a feeling like an adult, 
Like, I don't feel diminished by the circumstance. Like, a feeling like an adult. Like, there's some sense of capacity being able to meet those eight worldly winds. So that's the question for you all. How does that feel? How does that okayness feel? And I don't mean that it's okayness um, when things are always okay, but just like that sense, like, what does that feel like to you? Like, that sense of okayness, even if things are a little askew. Because you've had that situation, right? When things have been a little askew and you're still okay? Yeah? How does that feel? Anybody have any words for it? It's hard to articulate, so I came up with adultness. What do you got for us? I think um, when you know, the, the winds are strong around me and the plates are flying in the air mm-hmm. and spinning and I can't even keep count of them all, um, it feels like uh, an island ah. within... Yeah. That's sacred and calm. Yeah. Yeah. Like a refuge. Like a refuge. Yeah. Hmm. Anybody else? Maybe that was sufficient description. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see what other notes I have for you. So I'm talking about a peace not dependent on things or the outer circumstance, but a peace that comes from your own integrity and wholeness. And that we're, that's what we're getting when we let go. So um, has anybody gone on a meditation retreat here? Let's see, raise a hand. So actually maybe half of you, not even half of you, maybe a third of you. So when we go on meditation retreats, if you ever choose to go, it's a worthwhile, powerful thing. A lot of people talk about it as being life-changing. But what happens is you're asked to let go of your electronics. You're um, asked to just take what food is given and eat it. You don't have to do so many chores, which I think is really nice. And you let go of the TV, like the sort of entertainment And um, in general, what happens to me is with all that stuff going away, again, it's not about the stuff. It's about the freedom in the heart. What do I get when I let go of all that stuff? I get a freedom and ease in the heart. So interesting. And um, that, that, that sense of okayness. And so I'm not talking about deprivation. And in some ways, I'm talking about if you do have something that's joyful in your hands, enjoy it. Enjoy it, and then let it go. As we begin to notice that everything's changing, and so there's a a, a way where we can actually know the preciousness of what we have when we have it, um, because we understand that everything is changing. So sometimes renunciation can be burdened with puritanical notions of good and bad, purity and impurity. Um, but, most, but, but that's actually not what we're talking about. We're talking about freedom in the heart. Um, most important, we may confuse the renouncing of things with the es- essential work of renouncing our clinging to them. So we're not, it's not about the things. It's again, it's the clinging to them. 
And so it's not a moral imperative, like you'll be a better person if you give up whatever it is, but it's actually an an invitation into your own uh, heart strength and your own integrity and your own peace. So I have a lovely quote. Let's go to it. If I can find it. Aha. Okay, so I'm really talking about an attitude, a way of approaching life, which uh, essentially boils down to giving up, um, to giving up seeking fulfillment from the experiences of life and needing them to have a particular quality, and instead giving our attention to understanding the experience. So Ajahn Suchito, who's a Western man, he's a monk. He's been a monk probably 40 years. I don't know, a long time. He's awesome. Um, He says, renunciation brings clarity with regards to needs and desires. Renunciation brings clarity with regards to needs and desires. It has a strengthening effect as it offers us the chance to stand free of consumer pressure and status pressure. It is a tonic for the heart. Isn't that interesting? A tonic for the heart. It is a tonic for the heart and a requirement for meditation. So when you came to class this morning, you by default gave up some other stuff. I mean, so often we don't think of it like this, right? But you gave up doing something else by coming to class. And when we meditate, we're actually we're, we're giving up the sort of habitual thought stream and coming into the present moment. So... Um, Meditation is a requirement for meditation because it returns our attention to a here and now, which is easeful because it is not about having things or being someone special. We just meditate. We just come in the here and now. This present is arising without our making it do so. So right now, in this moment, do you have to do anything to make this moment happen? I don't even have to do it. I could stop talking and the moment would still be happening, right? So there's a kind of ease in that. This present is arising without our making it do so, letting ideas and moods arise and pass. Isn't this interesting? He doesn't say that you don't have moods and ideas. We all have them. It's part of being a human. It's this human condition. We have our moods and emotions. But he says, letting ideas and moods arise and pass in the present in the spirit of kindly acceptance. I mean, how often do we tell ourselves we shouldn't be feeling this or shouldn't be doing this? But in the spirit of kindly acceptance, he says this leads to insight and a peaceful abiding A peaceful abiding. So this is why I talked about contentedness in the yoga. Because when we practice, it's a little bit like contentedness, right? When we practice contentedness, we get contentedness. So we're practicing it. So when we understand this, we can start to see that uh, renunciation is not a matter of doing something more. This is tricky. 
It's not about doing it. As soon as you start thinking you have to do it, there's a problem there. It does us. Okay. We start to glimpse that renunciation is not a matter of doing something or having to create something or getting rid of something or exterminating something in life. Rather, it is moving towards non-contention, a sense of rest and relaxation, a sense of okayness, not having to constantly try and manipulate and control and evade and maneuver, right? But just an okayness. We are able to open in a fearless way and relax into the experience of the moment, whatever its quality might be. So Philip Moffat has this lovely instruction around this topic of renunciation. He says, um, he says there are three things that you can give up. I'm saying give up clinging, and then he's, he's elaborating on this a little bit. He says, first of all, give up being the star of your own movie. This is a tall order. When I'm in a traffic jam, I use this example all the time because it's so brilliant. When I'm in a traffic jam, all those other people are in my way. Are they not? <laughs> but actually, that's like with me as the star of the traffic jam, I'm not usually the star of the traffic jam. Hopefully I'm not because I'm not in an accident, right? But, right, like we're all in this together. So we give up being the star of our own show. What do we get when we do that? So when I'm driving, when I give that up, actually what I get is a sense of like we're all in this together. I get a little more ease in my heart. I let go of some of that stress, right? Some of that tension of, oh, I got to get there and that person can't get in front of me, and right? Like that discomfort of that when I give up being the star of my own show. That we can remember the bigger picture and the bigger whole. There's always a bigger picture and a bigger whole, right? We're all, we're all in this together, this thing called life. Okay, and then he says, give up measuring yourself I think this is brilliant, too. Give up measuring yourself by how well your desires are met. So, if you have a really awesome house and car, that's great, but it doesn't mean that you're, like, a superior person. Because we can't always, right? Like, so if we give up the the measuring ourselves by how well our desires are met, if we begin to see that there's a kind of integrity and beauty and worth in this human experience that doesn't need those outer experiences, right? So in some ways, this is an instruction to give up, to give up this sense of um, not good enough. So if you feel not good enough, then maybe you need to have all those nice things. And if you have those nice things, enjoy them. Enjoy them. I'm not saying... In- I'm, I'm saying let go of them, the need for them to mean something, right? Do you see the difference? Okay, so give up measuring yourself by how well your desires are met. We can't always control the outcomes of things, right? We can't always get what we want. But there is actually a kind of um, integrity. I love this word, integrity, or wholeness to the human heart. When you think about your heart and your care for the world, and your compassion. And there's so much that this world needs. And um, the, the value of getting more things or the value of maybe offering to the world 
offering service to the world, offering kindness to the people around you, rather than how good you are is based on how much good stuff you get. Okay, and then his third one, and then I'll end. His third one is to surrender self-righteousness. Surrender that you are right. I'm not saying don't have views. Have views. And your views actually might be right. Some of my views are right, I'm sure of it. But like this need, this self-righteousness, or this need to be right, or to prove ourselves, and the inability to listen to others, right, is a block to connection. So surrender the uh, self-righteousness. And there's so many times when people are in arguments, like they would rather be right than have intimacy, right? So this third one is surrender the need, the 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 self-righteousness or your judgments, opinions, and interpretations. You could even surrender your story of yourself. Okay. That's your task. You have your homework. I'm going to end with a poem, and then there's a little time for comments or questions, because I do love the yes buts. This is by Jennifer Wellwood. It's called renunciation. There will always be voices that promise you greatness and glory. They call out from the worldly marketplace. They call out from the spiritual marketplace. They call out from the fill your holes marketplace. They call out from the bigger, better, more marketplace. Do not buy their false promises or purchase their ephemeral wares. What fulfills for a moment is not worth the price of your soul. There are heights that will lift you, but not when you try to ascend them. There are powers that will fill you, but not when you make them your own. There are treasures, and there are imitations of treasures. If you have lost your true gold, at least turn away from the glitter. Want only, want only what is true. This will lead you to the well of your deepest sorrows. Oh, I'm going to stop the poem for a second and explain this. Because so often that, like, bigger, better, more is a mask, right? Or a defense against actually feeling Right, So she's saying in this poem, want only what is true. This will lead you to the well of your deepest sorrows. Follow that passageway all the way down. Become the dark emptiness of your absent core. Be still. Don't measure the waiting. Be still. Let the waiting become a fire. Be still. Let the fire show you its secret heart a strand of clear light running through you. Gather yourself there, and the luminous universe opens. In that vast, expanse, fathomless, infinite ocean of light, lose yourself and find yourself and become what you already are. So, 
We have a couple moments if there's any comments or questions. Yeah, we've got, can you take the microphone, I think? We'll pass it around. It's going to come around to you. Yeah, it's nice, because these, these um, talks are recorded, too. Did you all know that? You can find them. If you go on dharmaseed.org and go to the Spirit Rock part of it, you have to find it. It'll say maybe on the left Spirit Rock, and then it'll show up. Or, yeah, I think you have to go through Spirit Rock to find it. Anyway, go ahead. Intimidated me. I'm sorry. (laughs) But nobody knows about listening to them, so nobody's going to listen. We're not going to listen, right? Um, I became aware of something when you were asking before Uh what that feeling is like when you're calm and in the center of. Right. Well, I became aware that I'm. I'm aware when things are not calm and uh, you know when things are out of sync, uh-huh. and I become aware of that. I'm not aware of when I feel the calm. I mean, I'm not uh-huh. putting attention right. to that because I was trying to think, when does that happen? You know, I know right. it happens. Right. But I'm paying attention to when things are wobbly. Right. And then I get back into sync. But I'm not aware that I'm back into sync yeah. and what that feels yeah. like. So this is, you can just put the mic down on the floor. This is actually, this is brilliant. I'm glad that you mentioned this. Because so often we don't know. It's like our minds actually physiologically are trained to are, are just see when things aren't going well. Because we have to address it. But actually, um, a powerful mindfulness instruction is to notice when those qualities are there, when that centeredness or ease or freedom is there, to actually notice it. And this is what I was trying to point to a little bit in the yoga class. So when it's there, to notice it, because then your nervous system begins to learn, like, oh, yeah, I know this, and it'll arise more often, encourage it, it to grow if that makes any sense, to, to notice when it's there, to not only notice when it's not there, because that's what we do habitually, but to notice when it's there. And it can be a resource for us. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Anybody else? Molly's got one. Oh, it's going all the way back. Oh, Jessica. Yeah, pass it back. I think this will be the last one. I've been noticing lately that I have a lot of trouble staying calm when there's like chaos around me. Yeah. And um, <laughs> last night I was sleeping and these two people came out from somewhere. I've, I think I've heard them before and they were screaming at each other and they were like fighting in the street mm-hmm. like right outside of my house. Yeah. And it woke me up, and then I was I was sort of sitting there, like, I noticed, like, just how it rattles me. Yeah. Um, and I did actually end up calling the police, and then the police, and they, they were like, oh, we don't have any officers, like, we're busy, basically. <laughs> and so, like, they never came. Uh-huh. They never, like, sent anybody. Right. Um, and they, it continued, and the people were outside, like, screaming at each other for probably, like, 45 minutes. Oh, and then wow. eventually, like, yeah. it stopped, and I fell back asleep. 
But I notice, and this has been interesting, this has been a theme lately. Um, I actually just went on a meditation retreat and brought up, it, it, it's a different thing, but similarly, like if I'm on BART and I see things that are disturbing, it's like there's some way in which like my system, like I don't know how to yeah. process it. Right. And I get so rattled. Right. Um, and so then I came here this morning and I, I could just feel that I was just sort of... Right, still rattled from that. Well, first I would say is that sounds like a very rattling and upsetting situation in general, like scary. And then also be told that the police aren't available. Like the whole thing sounds rattling. And then the other thing I would say is there's... Um, okay, I'm going to say this. It's, it's being recorded. <laughs> that sometimes we need other tools aside from the Buddhist tools. And um, there's, a, there's a type of working with the body called somatic experiencing where we learn to help regulate our nervous system a little bit because when we get outside of like uh, what feels like a manageable nervous system activation, it's hard to get back into regulation. And so, And I think you know about this kind of modality maybe. And um, I've been doing it for a few years now. Yeah. That. Yeah. So somatic experiencing to help, because sometimes we need help. We can't do this ourselves, and we need help to learn how to regulate the nervous system a little bit. Because when we get rattled like that, it's hard to come back. And so this is when I'm talking about, like, it's not like you can just tell yourself, let go of it. That doesn't work. Does that work for anybody here? It does sometimes. We can say, let go of it, and we can sometimes, but not when we get really dysregulated. And so then we need some help with that. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a little comment? Okay. Well, this will be the, really the last one. Yeah. I'm getting, uh, I've been sick for quite a while and uh, uh, very, very depleted. And um, yesterday I was telling someone that I just need to fill myself up with love. Yeah. And the person said, well, you are love. Mm. So I just felt like this was a good segue where yeah. we actually have what we need. Inside. Right, right. Sometimes we just can't get to it. Right. And that's why we need help with that sometimes. Like all the time. We all need help all the time. No, we don't do this. We have this weird American idea that we're going to be independent, but we're not independent. We're actually... Like, we're part of people, humanity. So thank you. That's a great ending. You are love. Um, okay, so announcements, Bana. Yes, uh, if you were late coming in, there is a basket in the back of the room uh, where you can pay. And if you can all help us put things away, that would be great. Thank you. Okay. And I'm um, leading a, a yoga nidra. Yoga nidra is reclining meditation. I'm leading a training on how to teach that in April in Berkeley. I think it's in the East Bay in Berkeley. If you're interested, come and let me know, and I can tell you more about it. So let's do an official closing. Let's take one hand onto the chest. And you'll take a big breath. So may you be safe and protected and may you be healthy and strong. And may you know peace. May you know okayness. 
Then let's take the hands, palms out. As if we could send out blessings. So if there's any goodness arising from this class, let's send that out. Send that out to all who are not feeling so okay right now. To all that are suffering. To all the teenagers and kids across this country in support of them. Sending out love and care and prayers. Bring your hands to touch. May all beings have peace and the causes of peace. Thank you so much. Could not do it without you. Come again. Do more yoga.
No, I was like, I should go up afterwards. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.